0: Welcome to the WEN Cafe on Diverse 5050. My name is Patience Bentu. I am a gender and race campaigner. And so this session is very very important to me talking about diverse 50 50 how to get more women into political positions and the reason why it is important to me is because i am a woman i am also a black woman so i i've got a a, a sort of double interest in this how do we get not just more women but how do we get more ethnic minority women into these positions that are uh, we're talking about and for those of you who might not know, when Wales is simply the Women's Equality Network. Wales. Straight away, I am delighted to welcome our three awesome panelists that we've got today, and uh, I would just run through their names before we start the session. Again, I've got Evelyn James. Uh, I've got also got uh, Shan Gwenclydian and I've got Zainab Asun Ramu. And as I call them to speak, I will give you a little bit more information on who they are. And so uh, straight away in the first half of the session, we will be hearing from the three panelists. I will be posing questions to them and they'll be talking to us, uh, telling us more about the work they do, why they do it and every other related, uh, thing to, to to the topic, Diverse 5050, and in the second half of the event, we will be taking questions from the uh, Q&A chat box, so please, if you have your questions, that is the place to put them in, and I will pick them up with the assistance of uh, Jess and Megan, and we will post those questions to the panelists in the second half of uh, the session. So straight away, uh, I will be going to first of all, Evelyn James, who is the Diverse 5050 campaign manager for uh, Women's Equality Network Wales. Uh, Evelyn, you're welcome once again. And um, the, the Diverse 5050 campaign has been going on for a while now, but you know, introduce us to the campaign and what it is that the campaign is trying to achieve and why.
1: Thank you very much. The lovely patients, Bento, thank you. And you're welcome, everyone, once again to Wen Cafe. We're very happy to have you here um, and to my other beautiful panelists as well. Thank you and welcome. Um, so I'm going to be introducing you to the Diverse 5050 campaign and what we are about. The focus is simple. We're looking for diverse and equal representation in the Senate and political structure of Wales. Equal representation in the leadership structure of Wales for women, for Black, Asian, and minority ethnic, uh, LGBTQ+, sorry, um, disabled people, just underrepresented groups in the leadership structure of Wales. We want a Wells that will provide us with an enlarged Senate that recognizes all voices, the needs of everyone in the community of Wales. We are asking for legally binding diversity and gender quotas, and we're asking for an STV voting system in Wales. In essence, we know that the exclusion of one voice is the exclusion of all. And in our wealth community, everyone deserves the right to be heard. Everyone deserves the right to be seen and everyone's needs has to be catered for. And this is why we need representation in the leadership and representation in Wales for women. We are here today because of the divide in the society that we see. And if we look at where we're coming from, The environment was surrounded with different voices, languages, and different needs. So we cannot um, attempt to describe the need of another better than the people who have gone through what they've been through. Like, if you're not disabled, how can you speak for them? Do you understand their pain? If you're not from Black, Asian, and minority ethnic groups, how can you speak for them? How do you understand their needs? This is why we need equal representation and true leadership in Wales community. And the time for us to act is now. This is what Diverse 5050 campaign is about. And we're calling on everyone to join hands with us and push this agenda forward to give everyone in the community of Wales equal rights and equal opportunities to speak.
0: Thank you. That is amazing. Thank you very much, uh, Evelyn, for uh, taking us through that journey and uh, making it very clear to us why it is important that uh, this campaign uh, not only uh, gets widespread but picks up momentum as well to achieve the uh, the expected outcomes that we want uh, for Wales. So thank you very much for that. And I'm going to go over to the next panelist, uh, Shan Gwenfien, who is the Plaid Cymru member of Senedd and chair of the cross-party group on women, and uh, Shan will be giving us the, the the Welsh Assembly perspective on this campaign. So, Shan, why is diverse and uh, equal representation in our Senate important to you? And, um, the- they would refer
2: to me, um, they would, the, the, the chair would open the meeting, um, gentlemen, oh, and Ms Guanxiang. I was the only woman there, and that, that, that is going back um, a long time, but things haven't changed. They've changed slightly, but they haven't changed enough. Um, and when there was an opportunity for me to stand um, for the Senate one of the main reasons I stood as a candidate for Clyde Cymru in Arvon was because I wanted to practice what I preach. I've always said that we need a balance of representation in the Senate in all political life, and there was an opportunity for me to stand, I got elected, and. Uh, this Senate term, I've made it one of my main priorities um, to push forward the Senate reform agenda, to include STV, to include gender quotas, but also to increase the size of the Senate, but also to address the lack of diversity uh, within the current setup in the Senate they are all important aspects um, of of, um, what um, we need to be addressing and there is a fantastic opportunity at this very moment to actually start making those big changes and you asked me why well why because it's it's the fair surely it's the just and fair thing to do in the first place to have wide representation to have all the voices of Wales at the table. And secondly, once you are at the table, and once there are lots of you around the table, you can then make further changes in the way society uh, in Wales um, is, is developing. We can, as women, put on the agenda the need to improve childcare and Early years education and opportunities for women, and um, addressing the the pay gap, we can actually by being there um, in, in 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 equal representation, we can put those matters on the table. And from the point of view of diversity, yes, you know we need to be looking um, at other protected characteristics as well, um, and try and work out how we can use a statutory system of elections to further the, the need for the voice of uh, other protected characteristics to be heard within um, Welsh society.
0: Oh, thank you very much, Shan. That is uh, very well said. And, uh, you know, everything that you've said resonates with me as a woman who, over the years of my life, I've sat in spaces where I've been the only woman in the midst of men. And so I have witnessed firsthand what it feels like, you know, to sit in decision-making rooms where everything is all about what concerns men and nothing about women is... um, covered or if it is indeed it's only scraped on the surface. So thank you very much for that. And now I will go over to our third panelist who is uh, Zeynab Asan Ramo and um, she's from an organization and correct me if I'm wrong if it's not an organization called uh, Elect her. Uh, Zainab, introduce us to to the work that you do uh, with elect her.
3: Thank you very much, Patience. And I just want to just say a huge thank you for inviting us um, and me to come and speak at this event. And also just a huge, huge kudos and energy to Evelyn and Shan. I completely agree with everything that you said and um, round of applause, basically, because I co-sign everything. Um, Elect Her is an organization that um, was started, I think, four or five years ago. I should probably know the exact number, but here we are. Um, and we we were created because we've seen a dearth of representation of women, of course, in elected office. And it's not right. And it's not fair. And we see how it affects policies that affects people's lives and affects women's life in lives in society. When you don't have women from diverse backgrounds making up legislation or, you know, um, leading the way with policy, we see how it negatively impacts. And we saw that. and we're seeing that during the, the COVID crisis. We're seeing how women are detrimentally affected. And we know that it's because there's a dearth of women at the decision-making table when it comes to deciding what happens with people during this pandemic. So we work to motivate, support, and equip women to stand for elected office in all spheres of government across Britain. We provide them with the knowledge, the confidence, and the skills that they need to get started on their political journey and provide community resources and training every step of the way. Um, You know, we know that politics, The politics of old was an old boys club. We know that it's a lot about who you know, rather than the um, quality of your character and what you can offer. And we know that lots of women in society are kind of priced out of even standing for election. Um, There's just so many barriers in the way of women actually getting um, elected into politics. We wanna remove those barriers by demystifying the process for women. So we work with all of the political parties or the majority of them. And we do workshops where they demystify the process. They they tell women, this is what it takes to stand. This is what you need to do. This is the application process. This is the interview process. This is what happens at Hustings. This is what happens when you finally get on the ballot paper. This is what you need to do to ensure that your community votes for you at the ballot. You know, this is what you need to do to network within your party. And if you're an independent candidate, even better, these are lots of different organizations working with independent candidates. So we really do our best to make sure that women are they know the process inside and out and they feel confident and ready to stand. And then we support women who are standing. So we've got a whole campaign of work and resources to support women who are standing in 2022 local elections. Um, And that is with campaign boot camp. So we give them um, advice from the experts about how to campaign, Um, we give them resources, just everything that they need in order to make the the process easy for them. And we partner with lots of different organizations. I mentioned funding earlier, I talked about the fact that lots of women don't stand for election because it's expensive. Are you going to spend 11 grand on a campaign when you have your rent to pay? Do you even have time to take off work, to go on the campaign trail? These are lots of, these are the real questions facing women and preventing them from standing. Do you have money to attend the hustings if you have to also pay somebody to look after your children? And if you are a disabled woman with mobility um, issues, then do you have enough money to get a cab to the hustings place or to even canvas across a wide constituency so we partner with an organization called activate and activate an organization that are funding women so giving women the funding that they need to plug the gap in finances and they can spend it how we want we're not prescriptive you can well I used to work for Activate, that's why I say we, and we're also in partnership with them. Um, um, But what Activate does is they say you don't have to spend this money on campaign materials. If you want to, you can, but also you can spend it on daycare. You can spend it on your rent. If you have to take time off of work, you can use it as a as a plug for your salary so that you still have an income so that you can continue to campaign. And as we know, lots of women face online abuse, and that's another thing that off puts a lot of women from standing for political office or putting themselves forward for political office. So we partner with an organization called Glitch, who are working to tackle online abuse um, for everybody, but they have specific work for women in public office. And then just to touch on it a little bit, I won't go into too much detail because I think we do everything Evelyn basically said with regards to diversity, which is that we are creating a safe space for women of colour and and women with disabilities, because we know that the barriers that they face are even more. Um, If you are a woman that lives at the intersection of lots of different identities, There's a hell of a lot of barriers in your way um, to stand or put yourself forward for political office. And so we are creating these safe spaces for women to tell us what they need, and we're responding to those needs. Um, With women with disabilities, we um, have a bi-monthly space um, for deaf and disabled women in politics. And it's an opportunity for, for everybody to share experiences, opportunities, and progress in advocacy and lobbying asks. And it's really about making sure you know, I know when Marsha de Cordova came into parliament in, 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 the, um, in England and she was talking about how parliament wasn't accessible for her. And that is one of the issues that are facing lots of disabled women in politics at the moment. Um, so I will stop there <laughs> and leave space for questions, but it really is us making sure that we want to see gender back, gender, gender parity across different levels of government to ensure that women's voices are heard at the table, when they're heard at the political table, it trickles down into society. And that's what we need. We need more women in politics from different lived experiences to really represent the community, represent the society as we see it and not old male and, pale, um, and stale as the saying goes.
0: Absolutely agree with you, Zainab. And thank you so much for shedding, you know, so much more light on the challenges that women face, you know. And uh, this is what has called for this Diverse 5050 campaign. And it's all about working together and uh, with one focus and one. And, you know, expectation, which is to get more women into those positions. So um, I'm going to sort of work my way back through the panelists from the top again uh, by looking into diversity as it relates to uh, uh, campaigns towards the quotas and so on and so forth. And my question about this, and I'm going to direct this to Dr. Jessica Lyman, because she's done quite a lot of research in that area. And the question is, do gender and diversity quotas work Uh, in, 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 in your research, from your experience? And do you have examples from other countries that we can draw from?
4: Yeah, thank you, Patience. I think my other panelists have already um, illustrated really lucidly and forcefully from the such important work that they're doing and um, the different organisations and personal capacities why we really need these quotas and why they are so important. And um, on the point of whether quotas work, the short answer is yes, they do work. Um, we have loads of evidence. We have many international examples. Academic research has clearly identified them as the single most effective tool for fast-tracking women's representation in um, elected government bodies. Quotas are backed internationally by various institutions, including CEDAW and the EU, and they are already used by um, over 100 countries worldwide, including 40 countries that also use um, sort of intersectional quotas that try to get women with other protected characteristics. Um, into political offices. Um, If we look specifically to the EU 27 countries, there are quite a few um, countries that use quotas between um, 30 and 50%. Ireland, for example, our close neighbor here, they are using quotas for for 30%, um, never soon increased to 40. Um, If we look to Belgium and France, that's uh, um, an example of countries where quotas had the biggest impact. Since these were introduced in um, the mid 90s, women's representation has increased by about 30%. But they've introduced quotas very early on, and they have very high quotas. They had 50%. Um, if we look to other countries, um, again from the EU 27, such as Greece, the impact has been a bit smaller there. But quotas have been introduced more recently. There are lower quotas, and there's also other um, circumstantial factors that affect that, such as the exact nature of the quotas that are in place, but also things like um, the general mobilization around them. And of course the many other important um, support mechanisms and means to address other obstacles that um, my other speakers have already addressed and um, answers the earlier questions. So um, what we can say there really then is quotas are no silver bullet. We need to really combine them with all these other important factors, but they are the single most effective tool that we have. And also, um, if you listen carefully, you probably noticed that I've talked a lot about gender quotas, and that is because and this is a problem that we recognize. Um, all this research is on gender quotas, and we really need to move into gear on um, diversity, on looking into quotas for other protected characteristics. Which countries are using them? How are they using them? What is best practice? Practice and also look specifically at Wales because um, we need to take into account the specific circumstances in Wales to see how we can have diversity quotas here and how it will work. Because if we have this opportunity within a large tennis now and all we achieve is to um, fill those seats with more middle class, able bodied women, we've really not achieved very much with that opportunity. And that's where we think it's really important that diversity and gender quotas go hand in hand and that we move into gear and really do our, de- our research to have that in place at the same time.
0: Uh, I absolutely agree with you Jessica and uh, I think everything you've said about quotas just kind of covers uh, what I did with my postgraduate uh, research into quarter systems and how they would work for women uh, in Nigeria particularly. Uh, And Nigeria is a country that's got a a quota system, albeit it's it's in a policy form. It's just a mere policy that can change at any time. And this draws to mind the importance of uh, legislating on quota systems, gender quota systems, because unless you do that, and that was my argument, unless you do that, those spaces will not be guaranteed, and we've drawn from all these countries that you've mentioned, it has worked, and many of these countries have either uh, legislated or uh, uh, constitutionalized gender quota systems, and uh, that is why it has worked for them, and so that takes me um, on the same you know, area to ask Shan, um, as chair of the cross-party group on women. You know, you you are focusing on pushing for legally binding diversity and gender quotas, which we're talking about. How do you think these this will help? And uh, why have political parties failed us on this?
2: we need them because political parties have failed to do it themselves that's quite obvious Um, and in fact I think representation in the Senate um, at one point was actually 50-50 but it's fallen back um, at this election so it's obviously Not good enough just to leave it to the political parties to establish their own mechanisms. There are so many problems in trying to do that. Um, There are cultural problems, but there are also problems of um, incumbency. You know, you have situations where um, men have been um, as members of the Senate for a long time, and it's very difficult to sort of make the argument move over make room for a, for a woman we do do those we do try and put those arguments over obviously and we need to continue to do that but i think we need the statutory quotas we need our senate to pass legislation so that political parties have to move along in this way and have mechanisms in place to ensure parity and equality. And I think in our last CPG meeting, um, Jessica and Evelyn um, presented a fantastic um, international evidence supporting the effectiveness of gender quotas. And you've heard Jessica outline some of that now. Um, Data does show that quotas are the single most effective tool for fast tracking women's representation. They're not the only tool in the box, Um, and there's lots of work that needs to be done to support um, bringing in that kind of mechanism, and and what Seinab was outlining is is crucial. Um, And I'm I'm really excited to hear about all the different strands of work that you were actually doing, and I hope we can um, tempt you to do more in Wales, um, you know, so that we actually get the benefits of your work um, here. So basically it's, we need the quotas because we've seen from other countries that they do make a difference. And um, we need to move very, very quickly. We need to open the discussion out to discussion around diversity. Um, I agree completely. Um, We need now to be looking as well as how to uh, improve current representation of, of, of BAME people, people openly identifying um, not openly, not necessarily openly, but people um, who are LGBTQ plus you know women with disabilities, cetera. Um, we need to open that conversation out as well. Um, So that it's not just around the gender quotas, as Jessica says, and we need to have that we need to have that information urgently Um, we've only got a limited window to do this, Um, we have to move really very, very quickly, so that we do have a better electoral system in place for the next Senate election in 2026. Um, it's fantastic that Wales now has the um, possibility has the powers over the way we run our elections for our Senate, and you know that opens up so many possibilities, and we should be a beacon um, to the rest of the world in the way we use our powers over running elections, um, and how we choose our candidates how we choose our representatives. uh, But the work needs to happen urgently now, so I would urge everybody to keep the pressure on, now is the time to be making the case, Um, you know, don't leave it even a few months, now is the time to be um, making the case, making it in a vociferous way, backed with evidence, which is what the the, uh,
0: CPG on women has been doing so far. Oh, thank you very much, uh, Shan. Very important that you've made that, you know, call to duty. Now is the time. You know, we need to keep the pressure on, and um, you know, that's taken me again to thinking about the multiple strands of work that uh, Zainab is doing. You know, your organisation is uh, uh, doing, uh, especially looking at the various, you know, the intersections of uh, women. Um, which only aggravates the challenges that uh, they go through in seeking political office. So Zainab, what impact, you know, uh, have you made so far? And uh, what are your future aims?
3: (laughs) Thank you very much. Well, we've had great impact so far. So I'll talk about one of our particular um, programs that we run. It's called the Peer um, Support Program. And it's an opportunity, it's a program that's held over seven weeks and it's an opportunity for women from across the political spectrum, no matter where they are in their political journey, to meet with other women, to, to grow, create, develop their soft skills, I, as we like to call them. We talk about our workshops, where are kind of telling you how to stand for election or how to put yourself forward as learning the hard skills and understanding the mechanics of getting involved in the political structure and, and putting yourself forward for election and what that means. But the peer circles is all about self-development. It's all about how to build your team, which is very important in politics, how to manage your online and offline profile. Again, very important. How to manage your time, how to, um, how to speak publicly these are the really the skills that nobody tells you that you might that you need um or nobody helps you or assists you in developing for you to really throw yourself into the um, into the pro into the into the political system or or start your political journey and it's run um by myself and a life coach so they really get that opportunity to develop Um, and so in the last four years we've held eight of those peer circles with which has seen just under 500 women from different backgrounds locations and political parties complete the program a lot some of the women and i don't have the figures unfortunately because we're so small we're really trying to grapple with the figures. Um, But from the last elections that we had in May, we had seen, I think there are about 10 or 20 women who were actually elected into local, Into local government, which was brilliant. So we do have women who have come through our program and actually make it into elected office, and many of them come back and tell us that you know we couldn't have done it, you know, without your support and without the peer support of the people who were in we we were in the workshops with. Um, And a few MPs actually have told us um, in Parliament, um, UK Parliament, have told us that they've actually attended our workshops in the past as well. So it is for everybody at the um, wherever they are in their political journey. Our Ethos is just to get as many women into politics as possible and into elected office as possible. You know, I guess we are with most of the women's organizations in this space saying we want to reach 50 50, but actually. I want to go beyond that. Why can't we have more women in elected office, um, you know? Um, so if we can reach 60-40, I'd absolutely love that. Um, if with women are making up the majority of local office and in in in, in government, that would be brilliant. Um, and sorry, and in part the different parliaments, that would be amazing. Since our inception, we have seen thousands of women come through the program and attend our workshops. And it's such an honor to be a part of this brilliant community of women who want to change their communities. This women these are women who are actively doing things in their communities seeing the elected officials they have and saying do you know what i i can do better and actually who says I can't be you. (laughs) And actually, it's about giving them the confidence to actually start taking those steps by demystifying. Um, And, you know, we'd encourage everybody to definitely check out our website, electher.org.uk. We have loads of workshops and we'll be offering so much support for women who are putting themselves forward for 2022. Um, So we do have a a sign-up sheet on our website where you can put your details in and that automatically pulls you into the I am standing in 2022 list. And we will be sending all resources you automatically get booked into workshops you automatically get booked into the campaign boot camp that we're running um with oh god i've forgotten their name but they are an organization um that um from america actually that uh, are are very au fait with campaigning and winning elections um i think that they actually um were running and do a lot of work with Stacey abrams this is not my book, this is Stacey Abrams, who I'm very, I'm a big fan of in terms of how she uses collective power to change communities, and again, see a change in, in politics. Um, so that's our vision. Our vision is to make sure that more women are elected into pol- um, Parliament and local government. And, um, sean we would absolutely love to do more work with you, and with When Wales, because we do want to increase our work in Wales. We um, held a couple of workshops this year about how to get involved in the in, in, in the elections. And we did a lot of work with with regards to the Welsh Senate as well and getting women to, to back their candidates. Um, and we held um, three different workshops. We had one in England, one in um, Scotland and one in Wales. Um, but we'd want to do more and we'd absolutely love to work more with you all to realise our vision. Um, so thank you.
0: Oh, it's fantastic that you've said, you know, um, you're very willing to work with uh, when Wales and uh, with Shan as well, you know, because... Um, that just took us to my next question, which was to say, how can uh, the WEN Cafe and uh, members of Women's Equality Network you know, work together with your organization to push this campaign forward? Uh, if there's anything else you want to add to that, please feel free to do that right now on how you feel we can work together. Um, otherwise, yeah, I'll, I'll leave it to you now for a second before I come back.
3: Thank you. Um, in any way you'd like to. The th- the great thing about Electa is that we love partnership working we are not about inventing the wheel our work does not belong to us it is our work because we have a collective vision of seeing more women in elected office Um, and so it was great to hear you talk about um, some of the stuff that you are doing and Shan because one of the things one of the partners that we work with CAG which is the centenary action group um, they have a campaign called enact 106 and it's basically campaigning to enact section 106 of the equality act which would change the look of women's political representation Presentation, as it would require all parties to publish diversity data on candidates standing for elections in the House of Com- Commons, in Scottish Parliament and in the Welsh Assembly. Um, and so, you know, when when parties are forced to show that data and, you know, I'm not I'm not opposed to shaming. People into action sometimes. And I think that political parties have the power. They can change things. And they are changing things very slowly, but it's slowly. You know, I saw a figure that said, um, I saw a stat that said, you know, we will reach gender parity in local government in 2076 or something like that, 2077. That's far too long to wait (laughs) for more women to be elected into into office. Um, And so, you know, I think it's so important getting um, political parties to publish that data just to show actually we're not doing enough because they're not. They're trying, but they're not doing enough. Um, and that is, you know, women with disabilities um, and disabled women. It is um, women of color, women from different with different lived experiences, women from low to no income backgrounds as well. Um, it's, it's also a class issue that we have in, 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 in politics. Um, and also women, um, well, LGBTI um, people. Um, And so it's really important, and we're happy to work in any any and every way um, we can. Um, Other things that we're really passionate about is ensuring um, parental leave and childcare costs for politicians. Maintaining virtual measures, using hybrid systems to enable politicians to participate remotely opens up the possibility for those with disabilities or caring responsibilities to participate in debates and votes. It was disappointing to see that we returned to in person meetings so quickly when we know that the hybrid model has been working. And actually, that's an inclusive way of working across politics. And so I would love to see that. Because I think that that's beneficial for women and um, people with different um, um, with disabilities as well. And yeah, and we've heard with with specific regards to local councillors, we've heard that lots of women don't feel like it's achievable to be a councillor and manage full time work and provide for their families and provide for themselves. And so, you know, if councillors were paid a living wage and encouraged to fulfil their role with specific number of hours, I think it'll be lots more attainable for lots of women who are interested in doing the role of the councillor but just don't have the time, space, or money for it, um, and feel like they're not having to juggle a thousand things. Um, so obviously, there's not political appetite for that. So little campaigning takes place around it, but we'd absolutely love to, to work on, on those kind of issues and perhaps campaign with you to make that a reality.
0: Oh, absolutely! Thank you. And there's um there's also recently been a lot of campaigns around job sharing as well, encouraging job sharing to enable more women, you know, with childcare and other responses uh, responsibilities, be able to, um, you know, take up positions and do them, you know, carry their duties out effectively whilst taking care of their families as well. And I see that there's you know there's a lot coming through the chat. Box in in agreement with what you said. Katrina totally agrees with you, Zainab, and she goes here here, which is really good. And um, Alice says as well that it's an age issue, so there is that as well. You know why should you be discriminated as a woman? Discriminated be discriminated upon? You know because of your age. Uh, in in some spaces we've heard oh we're looking for young women oh right okay what about the other women then absolute discrimination um i'm trying to pick up on some of the uh things that have come uh saz has said uh Hang on, just trying to get that name correctly. I believe that's what I see on my screen. But uh, highly recommends the practical actions of Elect Her to encourage and enable women from all backgrounds to become more involved at all democratic levels. And she says she agrees that this is very important for the uh, 2022 local elections in Wales. And I totally agree with that. Um, she's also pointed us out to check out the Welsh government's access to elected office funding, which could be very, very helpful, you know, so uh, there's quite, there's quite a lot coming out again on uh, quotas uh, where she says uh, it's good to hear recognition of the need to act and improve on all fronts. Uh, there are multiple strands to this quotas alone will not achieve parity, you know, and inclusive uh, climate and financial and practical considerations. So there are lots of things, you know, to to look around, lots of strands involved in this that we need to look at. But uh, just to quickly round up this session so that we can take the questions of our uh, attendees, I would like to go back to Evelyn, and uh, ask how can attendees of Wen cafe not just today but in the future ones get involved in the Diverse Fifty Fifty campaign and show their support?
1: Thank you very much, Patience. Um, I think Zena have said it, shyan have said it, Jessica have said it, you have said it, um, the people that have commented in the chat they have said it all. The onus lies on us to so be honest. Um, Is one thing to recognize a problem. It's another thing to take the steps to correct the problem or to pro- provide a solution for the problem. So this problem will not solve itself, unfortunately, no matter how long we speak about it and no matter how much we complain about it. Believe me, the society recognizes it. It's been there from time immemorial. Um, this division and gender disparity has been there, but it is on us to impact the change that we need. And this is why we need every one of us, every woman, everyone on this platform, whether man, whether woman, as long as you recognize the fact that true leadership and representation is supposed to be diverse, is supposed to be inclusive of all voices and reflective of the society that we live in, this is where we need all hands to be on deck to impact this change. And, you know, on the link, it is there. When Wells is open to everyone, it's not a one person campaign. It's not a, a one organization campaign. It's, it's not um, one person who will be taking the glory. It is all of us that will share in the glory of knowing that we have restored what should be the right thing in the community of wells, And as well, to it will be a glaring example to other communities as well, to other nations, to actually see that women stood together and voiced about this and were able to create this change to happen. These elections that is coming up gives us that ample opportunity. We need coalition at the grassroots level, sensitization for all the women. We need them to come on board. We need people to start recognizing the need to step into these positions and realize that they are enough. Their voices should be heard. They are capable of leading there is no one that leadership was made squarely for. Anyone can lead. Anyone can impact change. So it's not an ideal of an ideal man for leadership or an ideal woman for leadership. If they are capable of leading, we are capable of leading as well. And that is what we. That is the message we need to spread out there. That's the message we need to take to the grassroots level. True development and growth in the society comes when diverse minds come together when we understand the need for equal voices and equal opportunities to be given to everyone every need must be met and so i am calling on everyone we need collaborations at all levels all partners everyone don't just sit back at home and say oh we need things to change be part of the change process be part of this platform right now and let's push the agenda together. Who can we influence? Come on board, tell us. We will put the campaign out there. Let's go out, use your social media, use your spaces, your organizations. Let's come together. Let's put a force. There is power in one voice. There is power in unity. And that is what we need right now. We believe in our voices. We believe that they cannot ignore us all. Imagine, we need to bombard their space. Wherever they are going to, they need to see, oh my God, we're so tired of hearing this thing. So if you're tired of hearing it, get the job done. That is what we need right now. So we cannot take the backseat. I'm sorry, this is not the time for us to relax and say it's business as usual. Guess what? Business as usual needs to change, and it needs to change now. So we need to get in their faces. We need to get into their spaces and tell them, turn things around, give women equal opportunity, give us the platform to speak for ourselves. We can speak. We don't need people to speak for us. We can tell people what our problems is. We have the, ideas and the knowledge on how we can turn things around as well bring Mm -hmm. us on board bring us to the table just as Cheyenne rightly said let us be at the table let us add our voice to the change that we need in the society the society is not without us it's not oblivious of us we contribute to the growth of this society and as far as that concerns all of us our voices need to be heard So please get on board, sign up to Diverse 5050 campaign, get on board everyone, give us your input, give us your ideas, we are not saying we have all the knowledge it takes to change this, we need your voice as well, we need your input as well, come on board, tell us how can we penetrate the community in Wales, let's take it one community at a time, at a time, let's go into different communities and speak, let's us reinvigorate young minds to start thinking imagine we have the opportunity now because the age uh, limit has been lowered for voting 16 we need to start inspiring young minds we need to start getting the young people involved sign up for the mentorship scheme. It's there. Refer them to come on board and learn more, how to stand up and speak for themselves. We don't need to wait until our 50s to start having another set of 50s or 40s or 60s or 80s to come and start saying, oh, things need to change. We need to start making them realize the need to do things now. And, that is why we need all of you. I, I can't say it enough, but every one of us have a part to play in this role right now. And the power lies in our voices, every one of us, in our actions, in our communities, in our spaces. Let's get to it. Absolutely.
0: I feel your passion, Evelyn. It's (laughs) scintillating through my whole body. Well done. And uh, I think Wen Wales has also posted in the chat box uh, a link for every every woman and every gender-friendly man to sign up to this campaign. Uh, If you believe in it, sign up to it and sign up to it today. And uh, Saz has also put in the chat box that if you're thinking of standing as a local government candidate in 2022, Please check out what payments you might be entitled to. And there's a link, and uh consultation opens today. Good news. Happy days, right? Right. And um, just very quickly, because I'm very conscious that we're coming to the end of the, the session and we've still got questions in the QA uh to take from the attendees today. Um, I, I'm also thinking about you know, the new form of abuse against women, which uh, is the online abuse that women are getting and which is uh, really stopping them from presenting themselves for political positions. And so, um, Shan, coming back to you and very quickly, uh, as a politician in the public eye, what do you think needs to happen to ensure that issues such as online abuse do not First of all, discourage diverse women from standing, and second of all, do not cause them to step back when they reach positions of leadership. What needs to happen?
2: Well, this is certainly one of the potential barriers, um, you know, that does that does dis- distract um, women from standing for office and. It, it 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 is a big problem. And the long-term answer, of course, is to change the whole nature of society, the whole way that women are perceived um, in society. Um, and um, that can start to happen through the education system. Um, you know, um, Wales now will have um healthy relationships. Um, and the need to respect um, differences that that will be part of the new curriculum that will be um, uh, rolled out in Wales that's the long-term answer and you know we we should discount the long-term structural changes that need to happen to move away from the patriarchal society that we're part of. In the short term, I think it's, it's about um, trying to um, uh, call it out, you know, every time it happens that it's called out and that we support each other when we see um, misogynistic behavior online, you know, that we all pile in to, con- to condemn it. Um, And I also think, you know, the space that um, an organisation like Zainab can provide um, and to discuss techniques that can be used um, is really very, very important. I think the main thing is to do it together, to feel that we are part of of the force um, for change. Um, and that we support each other all the time in that kind of way. But, it, you know, it is something that, that's, that's a definite barrier. There are other barriers, lots of other barriers as well, but then none of them are insurmountable, given the right will. Um, and just just one thing that we haven't touched upon, really. we talked about why we want um, uh, equality and diversity and said, you know, because it sort of leads to, to changes that we desire. But it also brings different skill sets to the table. Um, and, you know, that is really important as well. Um, you know, as women, we, we often, we're often better listeners. Uh, we're often better negotiators. Um, you know, there are skills that we can be bringing um, forward into the political life, which may be uh, missing at the moment and which actually will make politics more amenable to more people. Because I don't think pe- people really want to see um, politicians shouting at each other across the chamber in, in Westminster, do they? I mean, most people want to see us working together. And I think the Senate is much better in, in that respect. Um, and just, saying, just to let you know, the Senate the Welsh Parliament is still meeting in hybrid fashion. Um, so, you know, we're not all together in Cardiff, and I think for the future that that is a good model that we can be continuing way past the COVID situation because it can help address some of the barriers that we've been talking about. Sorry, Patience, I've gone off your, the, the question, as politicians do, but I just wanted to make those
0: points. That's all right. Do not apologize. I mean, everything you're saying is very important and will definitely, you know, make a difference in somebody's life who's listening to us. So do not apologize at all. Uh, I'm just going to come back to you for the final question in this session, Zainab. And it's uh, on the back of everything that uh, Shan has said. uh, What needs to be done to ensure that women are supported? you know once they're in the public eye what do you think
3: oh there's so much to this um women need a lot of um uh, support um once they have been elected and i think the things that we've already mentioned which is about um making sure that they are protected online so having training around how to be how to protect themselves online how to mute how to block you know really things that seem quite like You think, oh, yeah, but you would do that. Many women don't do that, and they don't understand the mechanics of Twitter, for example, that allows them to do that. So an organization like Glitch coming in and and, um, doing a workshop with newly elected women about how to protect themselves online and their families, um, but also for people in political parties about how to be a great Online um, active bystander. As Shan was saying, when, when you see somebody being abused, what do you do? How do you protect them? How do you shower them with love um, <laughs> to ensure that they don't feel victimized by the abuse that's occurring to them or holding space for them because actually it is an abuse, you know? Um, I think that. Um, we've already talked about the fact that political parties need to change more and be a bit more inclusive and we are seeing you know breakout stars um, um women like Shan who are in elected office really leading the way for diversifying um elected office and we just need to support you all so anything you need just let us know and we can continue to do that um we want to continue to train and support women um with regards to media training for example many women might not have been might not have had to deal with the media at all before, so having, making sure there's effective media training, training on the role as well, in the role, sorry, as well. So many times women, um, especially women who have gone through the election process, have never been in elected office before, are kind of thrust into the fire and they're expected to learn on the job. Um, which can be quite hard when you're also dealing with constituents issues in real time so really having that training and support system of the party of um, the local government in the area to ensure that they they feel that they are held if something goes awry or if something or if they need help or have questions you know being able to have their questions answered is really important but also organizations like us elect her we are creating a community of women for peer support and And so tying them into our organizations, perhaps creating this, you know, huge group of women that can come together and vent vent about um, some of the issues that they're facing in elected office and provide each other with advice, you know, Um, mentoring. With um other um, women politicians or actually um, allies of women politicians um so that they get to understand the process and get to get advice from someone who's done it for a bit longer. I think we, I think mentorship is a is a big thing and it's something that a lot of women in our communities are constantly asking us for um and we're working on it (laughs) it's tough um and also there's a a lot of um there's there's a lot of women in our community who want to get into elected office and there are there there is not an equal number of women in elected office so we need to ensure that more women are in elected office so we can provide these mentorship opportunities um and again i said you know demystifying the process of putting themselves forward for political office is really important it means that we are not icing people out, we are not isolating people who don't know, who don't know how politics works, but we're inviting them in and that's really important, we're allowing them to see that actually I can do this. And that's what happens when you demystify the process of standing for election. Um, and I think, I think that might be it. I mean, there's loads of, of things that we can be doing. I think the women who are um, live at the intersection of lots of different identities, of course, um, needs Specific support because they tend to be getting abuse from lots of different places, that are attacking all of their identities at once. Um, so, providing specialist support for them. Um, and also, I think um, just making sure that we are there and we are supporting these women publicly and um, letting them know that we are there for them and in their corner and fighting for them. And that actually, if they wanted to launch something in local government, if they wanted to launch a campaign, if they wanted to launch legislation or change a law, that we're right behind them because we know that when we support them, they're more likely to do more. Um, and um, and I think I'll leave it there.
0: <laughs> that is uh, absolutely fabulous. Thank you so much. And I do apologize that this session uh of the the event has, you know, taken a lot of the time, you know, most of the one hour that we should have spent on here. And uh, we very well could be going over the hour by a few minutes, because we've got a few questions in the Q&A box, which I would like us to take, uh, if we can be very precise with the answers and the responses. And looking at the questions, you know, from the attendees, I, I believe that a lot of what was covered in this past section, you know, uh, deals with the questions that have been asked, but you know, there might be one or two things to add. And uh, so straight away, I will go into the first question, which is from Alice Smith, who asks, how does 5050 incorporate the lived experience of women survivors such as herself? And um, how are we planning to tackle the associated stigma? I I will leave that question open to any one of the panelists to pick up on as uh, briefly as possible.
1: Um, Okay, I'll go. Um, Thank you very much for that very important question, Alice. Um, One of our targets right now, um, as diverse 5050 campaign is working on the three Cs. One, coalition. Two, communication. Three, the campaign. For us, the coalition is very important because it's the opportunity for us to reach out to people both in the grassroots and partner with them. Because we believe as as part of our campaign strategy to involve people with lived experiences because we, we know that their voices are salient to how we're going to impact this change. So part of what we've done is to reach out to our partners in different organizations, in different wealth communities to help us with input on how we can involve people in grassroots levels to come on board this campaign. And as well, like we shared on the chat box, we have the mentorship program going on. So anybody can sign up. It's not restricted to to any age limits or nothing or sexuality. So we would be very happy to have you on board. Sign up and you can also shoot an email to us whenever because uh, we're here to incorporate all of these experiences. We don't want these leaders to only hear the story from us or to only hear um, our reasons for why we need diversity in leadership. We want them to hear it also from people at these different grassroots communities. And that's why we say all voices are very important right now because it's not just about when wells, it's not just about electoral reform or any organization it's about all of us impacting this change in the community of wealth and that
0: includes your lived experiences Absolutely. Thank you very much, Evelyn, for that. And uh, the next question is from an anonymous attendee, uh, for which I apologize again, because I do, I do not know if this is a, a male or female or how they choose to identify, but uh, they talk about uh, their challenges, you know, one with the uh, Twitter history uh where uh, the attendees saying that it's very likely that they've expressed things in the past and uh, which they don't believe in presently and uh, also because they believe in growth learning from mistakes and so on and um, not having uh, a deep dive or having done a deep dive into how to delete things you know in the past so it's um, I know that we have talked about um, glitches and in social media and uh, Zainab has put a link into how to do that. We've also talked about training, you know, and how I don't know if anyone else has anything to to add that will um Alleviate the worries of this attendee. The second thing the attendee talks about is uh, not being able to work full time uh, because of their health, you know, fluctuations, and uh, so doesn't see politics as being an accessible space at the moment. And uh, you know, uh, they would like to think that they are wrong in this assumption. So, what advice would panelists have on uh, either or both of these matters? does anybody want to come in yes zainab
3: no. um, i will take I w- well i will try and take the first one and the second one the second one um, i am um, i'm saddened to read that um, but also i i know it's a reality for many disabled women that actually just, uh, politics is not it doesn't it's not accessible i'm not even going to say it, it doesn't look accessible it isn't um, and i think there is a lack of political will to make sure that it is accessible um we talked about the enable fund and i'm so glad that wales kept it but in england they got rid of it and they are going to be bringing it back a week before the election or something next year in 2022 for disabled politicians and it's just like that's not helpful (laughs) um and so we have created our disabled women's roundtable so that we can really discuss these issues and also So it's it's disabled women politicians, disabled women activists and um, disabled women's organisations who are coming together to find solutions on how to make um, politics more accessible to disabled women. Um, So I would like to invite you to attend our our meetings. They are bi-monthly. I'll just... I typed in something in the chat. So I'll just enter it in now with my email address. If you'd like to join that, if anybody in the chat would like to join the, the, the bi-monthly and roundtables, please just email me. It is open to all women who are interested in politics and wanting to see a change um, so, that more, so that we can see more disabled women in elected office. Um, and the first question around Twitter history, I feel like a lot of people have been there. <laughs> I think from my personal perspective, Honesty is always the best policy with politics. And I think it depends on your political party. When you are putting yourself forward for election and selection and election, as we call it, you will probably have to fill in a form that asks you to disclose anything that could ever come up (laughs) should you be selected to run in an election. That is your opportunity to be honest about anything that might crop up because your political party or the independent network that you've chosen to to associate with will have a process of being able to deal with any crisis like that, that pops up. If you give them time to work on a response, (laughs) then it'll be better than it coming up in the middle of an election campaign and blowing up in all of your faces. (laughs) Um, So honestly, it was always the best policy. And I believe just on my, uh, on a personal level, that if something does come up, you're allowed to have grown as a person. Something that you have written 10 years ago that is no longer your belief, you're allowed to grow as a person, as long as you can show that you have done that growing. As long as you can show that you have developed from that particular point of view, but also most importantly, apologizing that you held those views. So I think apologizing earnestly, but also being honest with your political party or your independent network, whichever you uh, associate with, about what might come up so that you can plan for that moment. Um, And not in a superficial way, but in a way that's deeply meaningful, reaching out to communities that will be harmed by whatever it is that you've said is also good learning, and showing your learning and your growth is really important so those are that's my two pence so the twitter thing is more my personal opinion rather than an elector point of view I don't know what electors point of view on that would be um but the disability one is an elector round table so we'd love for you to to join
0: thank you very much Zainab and uh because we've run out of time, I'm just going to go straight into the third and final question that I've picked up from the Q&A box. And it just asks, uh, oh, it's from Saz Wiley, I believe that's the pronunciation of her surname, if not, excuse me, uh, and apologies. Any suggestions on how to promote allies and positive stories and behaviours? and goes on to say there is good progress and commitment. The Welsh Government Cabinet has more women than men, and several local authorities have committed to 50-50 cabinets next year. So suggestions on how to promote allies and positive stories. Would you like to take this question, Sean?
2: Um, Yes, I think this is really important um, that we do promote the positive stories and that we do promote role models um, of of all shapes and sizes, put it that way, to to reflect the diversity that we are um, trying to achieve. Because yes, there are are examples of good practice um, and absolutely that is the, the best way. To uh, to showcase um, what is possible is that will show real life um, uh, examples of of diversity and equal representation in in action, and then to say look if it can be done here it can be done everywhere. Um, I think that's a very powerful way of of moving forward, and maybe you know, when Wales certainly have got a role to be playing in that and. Um, as as politicians also can be ambassadors, and and hopefully hopefully I'm a role model for women in my constituency, and that is why I'm doing this. <laughs> One reason, anyway. That is, you know. So I think that is a really important um, question, and um, we should really be looking for all kinds of ways to
0: promote. Oh, definitely. I agree with that. And um, just to assure you, you're not just a role model to women in your constituency, you're a role model to every woman in Wales. And so uh, I'd like to say a massive thank you to all the attendees.
3: Thank you for joining us for the WEN Cafe podcast and this really important discussion. Don't forget to join WEN as a member for free if you haven't yet done so. Just visit whenwales.org.uk and click on join us. You can also follow us on social media, Twitter, Facebook and Instagram. Our handle is at whenwales. Let us know what you thought of the podcast by getting in touch via our social channels or do email us. We're at admin at wenwales.org.uk.